Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. An Italian manufacturer is making an attempt at introducing stand-up airplane seats. Here's one of the few things I know about seats. If you're standing, not a seat. The idea they could fit more people on the plane and to be cheaper, I think that's the idea. Well, I can, I don't know if I want to stand for how long? Even an hour flight, that's a long time to stand. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man who craves uh, leisure Mm. and being prone. So it's probably worth mentioning as we launch into the next interview, which I'm looking forward to a great deal, that uh, James Madison, generally considered the father of the Constitution, said, and this was one of our freedom-loving quotes of the day this week, that the government exists to protect our individual rights and property rights. That's the reason the government exists, is to protect property rights. Well, this will be a bit of a contrast. Joshua House joins us. Joshua is an attorney for the Institute for Justice, a libertarian nonprofit public interest law firm that litigates constitutional cases protecting economic liberty, property rights, school choice, and other civil liberties. Hello, Joshua. How are you? Hey, uh, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Do I understand that you grew up listening to the Armstrong and Getty show, riding in your mom's car? 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, you know, commutes to school basically starting at around, I want to say the age of 13, uh, when my mom started a job out in Livermore, we got, we started getting you guys uh, on the, on the, uh, in the car ride. So. Fantastic. So, so, yeah. so we've actually done some good in the world. Would you be so kind as to call my parents later today? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I would be interested in if anything, our point of view had any uh, impact on the direction you went with your schooling and your thoughts. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably just, not is what you're saying. Yeah, I feel like into the area. I feel like there's a strong libertarian streak in in Northern California. Yeah, so I no think doubt. that was a, kind of a product of the entire environment. And and, yeah. and, okay. and, and I, I'm not sure I'm digging. You know, this is a different topic, but how regularly we run into people. Yeah, I've been listening to you since I was a tiny kid. Now, now I'm a grandpa with five kids. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? So listen, uh, you guys have had a couple of great victories lately, uh, but let's talk about something I believe you're in the middle of, and that's fighting on behalf of a Norco homeowner who allegedly had violated some of the city's housing code. Tell us about uh, that case. Yeah, sure. So Norco is about 10 minutes south of Riverside. Um, it is not, you know, the typical suburban uh, neighborhood. It is the kind of ranch homes. They call themselves Horsetown, USA. In fact, everybody's got kind of a horse trail running through their backyard. This is in South Central California for folks uh, listening around the globe. Go on, Josh. That's right. The Great Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you know, Ron is a hobby machinist, fixes up some things. He's got a lot of machinery in his yard. I remember being taken aback by the fact that he's got a giant kind of trail thing in the back but then i went around and everyone has some sort of horse trailer or something in his backyard well he was cited for violating the city's code for all that kind of things but instead of just citing him and asking for a fine asking him to clean it up they actually threatened to take his house because of the mess in the backyard uh, and that's that's when ron started fighting back he actually got an attorney he got the case thrown out they were trying to take it and put it into a receivership which is where they give a government appointed official your property to fix it up for you uh they they were going to do that he fought it no receiver ever got the property but then after he thought he had won the attorneys for the city sent him a bill for over sixty thousand dollars and that was supposedly because, uh, well, they had to pay the, the costs of the whole receivership, but they didn't win the receivership. Right. And the court ruled in Ron's favor, correct? Yeah, the court actually vacated, kind of got rid of the original receivership ruling. It had originally awarded the receivership when he was in the hospital. He couldn't show up to court. He had a heart surgery. Um, and this is what's crazy is that, you know, a normal government official going, going into court when the court looks at you and says, are you sure you want to proceed because the defendant is in the hospital, a normal official who has, you know, he's susceptible to the public will is probably going to think twice. Or it has a human soul. <laughs> that's right. This, this is not a normal government official that's asking for the $60,000 that brought this case against him. This is a private law firm, and the law firm actually makes its money by going after these people. It offers what's called cost recovery services to these tiny cities, and it basically says, hey, why pay your own attorneys when will get our fees back from the people we prosecute. Uh, and that goes for both criminal violations as well as civil enforcement cases like nuisance abatements or these receivership proceedings. So it's a prosecutor essentially asking you to pay for the privilege of having been prosecuted. Unsuccessfully in this case. And, <laughs> and as you pointed out in some of the written material that we read before you came on, this was not like the first time they made this maneuver. These companies do this over and over again. Somebody's got backyard chickens they're not supposed to have. All of a sudden they say, all right, I'll get rid of the chickens. And they get hit with a giant legal bill for the right of being prosecuted. 
That's right. And actually, this is kind of a follow-up. So you're referring to another case we had in India, which is also uh, in the same same area of California. And, you know, in that case, it was it was, you know, it caused such a stir that the California legislature nearly unanimously passed a bill to stop this practice. The problem is they added during the whole legislative rigmarole a tiny exception that basically said for civil cases. Well, the problem is a lot of enforcement cases in California don't go to criminal court. They go to a civil, essentially a civil court, but it's still an enforcement proceeding. And the California Supreme Court has still said that, look, a prosecutor, whether in a civil enforcement or criminal enforcement, cannot have a conflict of interest, cannot make money from prosecuting people. Joshua House is an attorney for the Institute for Justice. They uh, try to protect your rights. So, uh, Josh, just in general, before we let you go, I'm sorry, may we call you Josh, or do you really prefer Joshua? You know, Josh is shorter. Why don't you go with that? All right, fine. Um, <laughs> J is even shorter than that. So, uh, Josh, uh, what is, do you think, the most common, the most egregious, the most annoying infringement on property rights going on in the U.S. today? Uh, well, I'd say I'm biased because kind of my niche here at the Institute for Justice is these code enforcement sorts of cases. And I think people don't realize, you know, we get all upset about the federal government and it's, it seems so large and kind of Leviathan-like. But really, some of the gravest abuses of liberty can happen at these tiny municipal levels where there's a lot of kind of personal influence over the government where, you know, someone, a city council decides they don't like the one guy in town who's kind of this, you know, maybe a bit of a character and they can go after him. And there are very few due process protections for what goes on at kind of the local level. So That's for example, interesting. We, have an, we had another case, actually, in, um, in Pagedale, Missouri. It's right outside St. Louis, where one of our clients had been ticketed for having mismatched drapes. In other words, the wow. drapes on some windows didn't match the drapes on other windows. That's a um, thing somewhere? That, that was a thing. But really, the point of that wasn't her color of her drapes. It was that the city made sometimes over 20% of its income from ticketing people this way. Well, right. You know, it's funny. I was just going to bring up the case of, uh, boy, it just flitted out of my head. Um, uh, the, where they had all the riots and everything. Um, uh, Ferguson. Ferguson, Missouri. That was the, the media was so obsessed with the race baiting aspects of the case that they barely reported on the fact that the, the people of Ferguson were thoroughly pissed off that they were constantly being targeted with ticky tack offenses and fined and stopped for rolling stop signs all the time. And that was a major part of the local budget. And they realized that they were being exploited because they couldn't afford to hire lawyers and stuff like that. And there was a generalized resentment against the government. So I love that you guys are targeting this sort of thing. Uh, Joshua House is an attorney for the Institute for Justice. Hey, Joshua, thanks a bunch. Let's stay in touch. Love the work you guys are doing. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, keep it up. Yeah. Thanks. That is so true. My uh, The town I live in, it, it turns out, has been completely corrupt. There was just a big audit of it, and and they were playing fast and loose with so many different things and so many back-scratching deals and illegal use of funds and funky accounting and the rest of it. It's He's amazing right. they got caught as uh, small-town newspapers go away. And all our focus is on national media. And the president, the president, the president. And we, didn't, we don't even have the patience to talk about Congress anymore. It's the president, always the president. Coming up, a few words that are getting jammed into some dictionaries like whelp, white lash, and jomo that you should be aware of. You want to be able to use the language, don't you? I like Jack, but I like Jomo. That's not the way you use it. It's the way I use it. I actually it. like Jomo. Jomo is going to be one that I use. Okay. Among other things coming up. Um, can you fire a teacher for a topless selfie if you wouldn't fire a man for a topless selfie? A woman teacher. Otherwise, 
It's a boob story. Clearly. Something they put in the boob file. Mm. Uh, Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Available right now via the iHeart app and iTunes. Our two new podcasts. Armstrong and Getty, one more thing. That's our daily after show podcast. And Armstrong and Getty Extra Large featuring our interviews of the most interesting people in the world. Subscribe today via the iHeart app or iTunes. Or wherever podcasts are given away for free. Because we're stupid. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What does the word Jomo mean? Going into the online dictionary where you look up words you hear people saying you don't know what they mean. Mm. But you couldn't find it in a regular dictionary. Jomo is the joy of missing out. Oh, Some wait big a minute. Thing happened, people are talking about, and you have Jomo, you're glad you missed it. And I get Never jo- mind the FOMO. I have Jomo a lot. I'm glad I missed out on that. It's <laughs> like my permanent state. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Wow, fantastic. What are the other ones you used? They're Coming fun. up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, are they? I thought you had something to Oh, tease. I thought you were going to do that now. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, just. An utterly sane, reasonable set of questions that ought to be inoffensive to left, right, and center about immigration. Yeah. And a beautiful example of how off track the conversation's gotten. How we've begun shouting at each other over just imagined attitudes on the other side or whatever, and how we're just not even approaching it like rational human beings anymore we'll hit that by the end of the hour and and listen if you are a person who thinks our immigration policies are just stupid or practically non-existent think you'll like this feature we'll get to it we just got a text our text line is 415-295-kftc uh something about um what their town is spending on recycling and blah 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 and it reminded me uh, we haven't touched on that much. The whole the whole recycling thing seems to be falling apart. Dying. Yeah. Around the world. And part of it is something I've always wondered about, about recycling. Is that stuff gets thrown into recycling, even if you try kind of hard. Stuff gets thrown into recycling that isn't pure. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know, in my mind, I always just imagined that they got somebody sorting this out somehow. Well, they don't, or if they do, it costs too much to make recycling work. Right. If you're taking cardboard boxes that have staples and plastic tape on them to the cardboard recycling, well, they can't use that. And if it's in a big batch, that whole batch is ruined, it turns out. A lot of this recycling stuff was going to China, and China said, you know, we don't want it anymore. It's not working out. Right. Your plastic bottles, there's too much stuff in there that's not plastic bottle, and we can't. It would take too much time and effort and money to 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 weed out the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. recycling is just really falling apart. It's just not working. No, nobody's good enough at it or cares enough, I guess. Right. Right. It, it's a gazillion dollar industry. Yeah. Although or just, was. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would it would take such disciplined and large scale recycling to make it worth it to 
receive and process the materials and turn them into other stuff. It just yeah. it's cost prohibitive, like you say. And so we we could be looking at a huge crisis for what to do with all the plastic bottles and uh, bottles is the number one thing. Well, and cardboard with the, what Amazon is a. Uh unleashed upon the world you know i'm not about to ban soda straws or go full-on uh, nut job on you but um the whole disposable plastic water bottle thing oh is it dumb. is crazy we we go through so many at our house it's just insane stop it um something needs to be done here's some other words that are going into the dictionary would you like to know a few of them just a few of them thirst trap you mentioned one of these yesterday Thirst trap. That's a sexy photo posted on a line to attract attention, to get you to click. Sometimes it's about sex. Sometimes it has nothing to do with anything sex. Thirst trap? You see it on stories all the time. They, sure. ha- they have a hot chick or hot dude. has nothing to do with the story. They kind of hint that it does. Your mortgage rate may be way too high, and some girl with big knockers. I mean, What, what is she? Is she going to fill out the forms for me, or is she the banker or what? Why why is she on there and why is she wearing such a tight shirt? Or a hot guy, uh, you know, with no shirt. Athletes are having trouble getting insurance or something like right, that. Yeah. Am I going to see more of this guy? I click on this. No, it's got nothing Absolutely to do with this guy. Absolutely not. Not involved in the story. That's a thirst trap. Huh. This one's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, are you in a text relationship? <laughs> a relationship or association between people who text each other, rarely if ever interact in person, but text regularly. Yes. Yeah, a couple. Hmm. Uh, white lash. I've actually heard this one on the news. A hostile or violent reaction by white people to the advances or influx of other racial or ethnic groups. I've, I've mostly heard it used on these common stories of, uh, you know, um, parking lot Becky who called 911 because she saw a black guy in a nice car. Whatever. You know, those stories that become right. really problem. Yeah, and you got to give them a nickname. That's a right. white lash thing. I see. Sneakerhead, a person who collects or trades sneakers. I've just become aware of this fairly recently. There's a lot of people that are super into sneakers. Yeah. Have like a hundred pair. And, Some know. of them are like super valuable and, and rare. really take care of them very, very carefully. Yeah. And whelp, which I like. Whelp. An informed variant of well... Used to indicate indicate disappointment, resignation, or acceptance at the beginning of an utterance. I, Welp. I, I say it every day. Welp. <laughs> I've written that one way more than I've said it. I use that in tweets quite often when I'm quoting something. Oh, really? I don't believe I've ever uh, typed yeah. whelp. Yeah. Is it W-H-E-L-P, like uh, the process of breeding dogs? No, W-E-L-P. I see. At least that's oh, how I go, but I'm horrible at spelling. Jack Whitelash rhymes with white trash, which reminds me of the following story. And listen. I have lived all over the country and enjoyed the experience very, very much. But this story would not come from Minnesota. I don't know what defines white trash, but who has more old Christmas trees out back of their house by the goats than me? Anybody? Show of hands. Multiple old Christmas trees by goats. Strong showing. Who has more current non-running vehicles parked around their property than me? Oh, boy. Uh Uh-oh. One more. We got to go. Man. How about a couch out front? (laughs) And or or an appliance. Yeah. In front of your home. Couches in the shop. There is an appliance in the barn that doesn't work. <laughs> mm, but it's indoors. Yeah. I'm sorry. But the indoors is a barn. Yeah. No, okay. no, still, it's got to be on display. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Two Arkansas men took turns shooting one another while wearing a bulletproof vest, according to police who arrested the pair for felony assault of each other. I'm not sure I'd have bothered to arrest them. Charles Ferris, 50, and Christopher Hicks, 36. 
Uh, we're drinking Sunday night. Oh, really? That's, <laughs> I, I, that's funny. Authorities believe alcohol was involved. They were on the back deck of Ferris's residence when they came upon the bright idea to shoot themselves. Ferris, who was wearing a bulletproof vest, told Hicks to shoot him, according to the affidavit. Hicks obliged, firing a single round from a twenty-two caliber rifle into Ferris's chest. While the vest stopped the bullet, the man was left with a painful welt on his chest. Hicks then donned the vest. Ferris would later tell the cops that he was pissed about being shot, and he unloaded the clip into Hicks' back. None of the five rounds penetrated the protective vest, but Hicks was, quote, bruised from them hitting him. Jeez. There you go. Oh, but instead of admitting that that's what they'd been doing, the two invented a wild tale about unknown assailants targeting them. Of course. There you go. Marshall's got his news next, and we'll get into uh, the news of the day on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Short story, female teacher dating another teacher. Takes a picture of herself topless, sends it to him. Hot! (laughs) Somehow it leaks out and students see it. They fire her. She's saying, well, there's all kinds of male teachers with pictures floating around social media with them topless at the beach or kayaking or playing volleyball or whatever. They don't get fired. Is this the free the nipple movement? And uh, she wants $3 million, which... Why, why does everybody get so much money for these things? Well, if it, unless Even she... if you're right, how about you get your job back and that's the end of it? <laughs> how about... Unless she furnished the picture to the kids. I don't no. understand why the emergence of that no. picture would be caused... The, Although I, I know the usual argument, well, it's a distraction in the classroom. The kids can't settle down. The school says she thinking was fired... about her boob. She was fired because she, quote, caused, allowed, or otherwise made it possible. For an inappropriate photo to be distributed by taking the picture well, in the first like, place. Well, you know, I don't know. I, uh, I'm not entirely convinced my argument is sound, but you could suggest that being a uh, a Facebook, uh, you know, what is it, member? What is it, customer? Being on Facebook is uh, an affirmative act, and if your account then gets hacked and naked pictures get out or whatever, blah blah blah. Well, you kind of caused that. I mean, you allowed it to happen. So you're fired from your job. That's stupid. But doesn't the argument that uh, guys are topless, so she's topless, what's the difference? A huge difference. It just is. Well, it depends on the breast whether it's a huge difference. (laughs) It just is. Sometimes it's a minor difference. A guy walking around the building right now topless would be that strange. A woman walking around topless would be awesome. (laughs) Sure would. Wow. Hey, now, come on. Let's grow up around here, huh? Yeah, anyway, let's get the news now, Marshall Phillips. Well, President Trump heading to the California-Mexico border in a renewed push to keep border security front and center. Trump was talking to reporters as he was getting ready to head west. He was saying he's holding off on a threat to close the southern border because Mexico's been stepping up efforts to curb the flow of illegals into the U.S. Uh, I never changed my mind at all. Uh, I may shut it down at some point. He again threatened to slap tariffs on new vehicles at U.S. border crossings if Mexico falters and insisted he will close the border if that doesn't work. On another note, federal and local police are updating the Timothy Pitson case this morning. Pitson hasn't been seen since his mother took off with him in 2011 when he was six years old. And then a few days ago, a young man turns up in Kentucky saying he was Timothy. Well, the DNA tests are in, and officials say that found person is actually 23-year-old Brian Michael Rennie. Rennie's from Ohio. He told police he was Pitson and that he'd been held captive for seven years. 
describing his alleged captors. Is he just mentally ill, or what's the deal? It's all a lie. It's all a lie. Mm. Timothy's family is devastated. Uh, right. You know, I, I did some reading on this. Turns out this is pretty common. People, uh, strange rangers, obviously, or, you know, runaways, inmates, whatever, they... They latch onto these stories and they think, "Hey, I know what I'm going to do." It seems crazy as hell, but it happens fairly regularly. Hmm. And the feds are now saying the man who falsely claimed the boy's identity has made similar claims twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go back to the early 1900s through the 30s, no 40s, kidding. 60s, 80s. It just yeah. it happens. It's a thing, as the kids say. Very odd. Still working away on the Mueller report. Attorney General William Barr says special counsel Mueller's report on the Russia investigation contains sensitive grand jury material that's preventing it from being immediately released to the public. With a Justice Department statement saying that every page was marked that it may contain grand jury material. Barr is confronting concerns that his four-page letter summarizing Mueller's conclusions unduly sanitized the full report in President Trump's favor, including on the key question of whether the president obstructed justice. I have no fear that the truth will win out in this. None. It's going to come out. And if, if if they tried to hold back good stuff, Mueller will just come to a microphone and say, no, look, here's what's going on. Right. It will come out one way or another. So everybody calm the heck yeah. down. Mueller and Barr are working together on it. it but, but, but that's it, no good for politics. The, right. And the Trump-hating channels, I mean, they're, it is... As as heated and excited yeah. right now as it was before the Mueller report came out. Mm. We had a couple of days. Oh, my God, we got that one wrong. Uh, news organizations are going to have to take a long look at themselves. Let's we'll talk about health care. They'll be more careful next time, whatever. But we're fully back to Russian conspiracy being covered up, blah, blah, 100% on your Rachel Maddow's, your Chris Matthews, your Brian Williams on MSNBC. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Amazon is planning to put more than 3,000 satellites into orbit to increase worldwide access to the Internet. Amazon confirmed its plan to Business Insider and called it a constellation of low-Earth orbit satellites that would provide high-speed broadband to underserved communities around the world. You know, this is a a kind of funny but great example of what free markets do. It could be people in the uh, most remote reaches of Africa, right. squatting in huts in rural China, the, the teeming poor of India, will all have access to high-speed internet because somebody can make a buck off of it. Because right. Amazon wants them to order their paper towels online. That's amazing. Well, he's not going to pay up. So now the city of Chicago is going to sue Jesse Smollett over his claims he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack. Chicago's law department now drafting up a lawsuit demanding the Empire Star pay for the cost of the investigation into what they say ended up being a false report. The city's asked Smollett to pay $130,000. Hasn't done it. Payment was expected yesterday. I currently have no charges against me. I didn't do anything. I was falsely charged. Why am I paying for the investigation? Yeah, according to our uh, Chicago attorney friend, it'll never happen. They'll never get the money. city made its move. Officials can actually ask for three times the actual cost, $390,000. I can ask for five times the cost, Marshall, if I want. It'll do me about as good. He did it. He's a weirdo and crook and all kinds of different stuff. but nut and a race baiter. If I'm charged with something and then they decide to drop the charges, why would I pay for the investigation? Right. I didn't do anything. There you go. That's your news. Marshall Phillips and the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I have been-
I've been saying what Tucker Carlson said last night about immigration for several years. It's not, you know, it's not an ingenious idea, but it just seems like the way we should handle illegal immigration or immigration in general. Why we can't have this conversation, I have no idea. I have no idea because we're not grown-ups, I guess. Next time some lunatic suggests that just because you want coherent immigration policy, you're a racist or a hater or something, hit them with this list of questions. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. At least I'm not trying to cage children in the border and inject them with drugs. That's not a mistake. That is a deliberate policy to attack people based on their national origin. That's not a mistake. That's just hatred. That's just cruelty. That's just wrong. An angry high school girl there. I'm sorry, what was that? I I, oh, she's a congresswoman. I saw uh, AOC's um, uh, video she put out of where. What was the whole squatting down in the... Is that just a get-your-attention sort of thing? Or She was doing an Instagram live video while she was assembling an Ikea shelf, I believe. Gotcha. And so she, she just had the phone on the floor. Gotcha. Very offhand. Yeah. Very squatty. Uh, so that's one way to look at uh, disagreement over immigration issues. Assume that people who have a different idea than you are automatically terrible evil people bent on nothing but hatred or you could put the debate in the terms of rational questions about immigration policies which uh, jack and i have been trying to do for a very long time uh tucker carlson on his show last night laid it out in the following way what do we want from our immigration system well here's some of the questions they should have to answer when that happens first and most obvious how many immigrants should we admit every year what's the ideal number We currently take a little over a million every year legally. Should we double that to over two million? How about 10 million immigrants a year? How about 20 million? Is there any number that's too high? And if so, why? While we're at it, what's the ideal population of the United States? Immigration affects population size more than any other factor. We're at about 325 million people in the United States today, and that's a lot. Our highways are crumbling, many of our cities are painfully overcrowded. How big should we get? 400 million? 600 million, a billion people. And if you're pushing to increase the size of our population, and they are, what's your plan for keeping our natural environment pristine? Crowded countries are polluted, every single one of them. Tell us why we should want that here. What sort of skills and education should we look for in immigrants? Not all immigrants are the same. Some start wildly successful companies. Many others go on food stamps. They're not interchangeable widgets. They're human beings. Who should we prefer? What's the ideal level of education an immigrant to this country should have? Big business doesn't want you to ask this question. They like their immigrants low-skilled and cheap. Ocasio-Cortez does too. But what happens when technology kills their jobs? And it will. All the major Democrats running for president take money from the technology barons. Many of them support self-driving cars. So what do you do with hundreds of thousands of unemployed immigrant cab drivers? Do they all go on welfare? And speaking of what sort of government services are immigrants entitled to exactly? Democrats promise universal health care. Do immigrants get that too? Who pays for it? How many immigrants can our system support? Do we have enough doctors and nurses and hospitals to treat the number of immigrants we want to admit? Same question for schools. 
The real answer is, of course, nobody knows, because as of today, we have no idea how many immigrants live illegally in the United States. We could Shouldn't pause we? there and, and discuss for a bit. Uh, I think it would absolutely be useful to differentiate between lawful and unlawful immigrants in some of those questions. But I think the premise is a very sound one. These are answerable questions. Well, there might be a great deal of disagreement, but they're certainly worth discussing. I don't I don't know if it's even possible to put together honest people in a commission and then release the I don't even know if that's possible in our in our modern government system, but I've been saying forever, how can you not to get together demographers, business leaders, sociologists, all these different kind of people on some sort of panel and decide how many people do we need for economic reasons? How many people do we need? F- do you want for diversity reasons? Fine, put that in the argument. How many? How many people can you have and assimilate them? Because over a certain number, you can't anymore. That's are those terrible questions to ask? And right. then, what people do you want? What skills would you like them to have? Now, if your argument is, I think we should just let it kind of randomly happen. Okay, fine. That's then, interesting. Then I'm, let's, I'm let's vote on out, that. Right. Let's vote on that, the commission, and then put it out to the public at large. Do you want it to just be kind of willy-nilly? Whoever makes it, makes it. Is there a number? Should we have a set number every year? Should it just be random? Well, There's no way the majority of Americans would vote for just a random number. Well, and what bothers me is often when you ask a question like, well, there are you know seven and a half billion people, whatever it is at this point uh, on Earth, and... And there are at least a billion of them that would like very much to come to the United States and would next week if you gave them the opportunity. Um, how many of those can we accommodate? And what always comes back whenever I attempt to have this discussion is an adolescent expulsion of emotion. As if, I, I don't have time to deal with that. All I know is I don't like racists who, okay, all right, you know, I don't like racists either. As soon as you're done, okay. There are about a billion people on Earth who would come here next week. How many do you think we could accommodate? All I know is putting children in cages and injecting them with drugs, as AOC was talking about. And the Statue of Liberty says, and yeah, we're a nation a of immigrants. And all this. Statue. Okay, how many people a year should we allow into this country? We already allow more legal immigration than any other country. I think it's all of them added together. And uh, and so what What should the number be? Maybe it should be higher. Maybe it would be higher than I would like. But I would like smart people to get together and decide what the number ought to be. Well, if- and then we vote on it and pass a law with people that we put in office and come up with some sort of system. Well, if I might speak for roughly 90% of Americans, if I lose a, lash, a, a rational argument, I can deal with it. I might be frustrated. I might be convinced that it's a bad idea, but I've lost a rational argument. That's the way human beings relate to one another when we're not killing each other. Um, but if if I, quote-unquote, lose an argument that's never had because people are spouting emotional inanities at each other, just crap about, as if, as if a guy like me is in favor of putting children in cages and jabbing them with drugs, whatever she's referring to. That's just, that's crazy talk. How can we possibly not get to a place where a president would say, I'm going to put together the panel I was just talking about with those people and try to figure out how many people we need 
From where? With what skills? We have a big, evil political duopoly. I'll make it Republicans and Democrats. I'll have super progressives. I'll have super right-wingers. Whatever you want on this panel. Libertarians and communists. And we'll, and we'll discuss it out loud on C-SPAN. And everybody can, uh, can listen. You can send in questions if you'd like. Right. We'll take a long time to, get this, to, to, to figure this out. We're in no hurry. Well, who's going to sponsor that, though, Jack? As I started to say, we have, a, we have two political parties that are engaged in an absolutely Joe Biden bear hug of a duopoly. They both have the same goals. That's to make sure nobody else gets power. They trade it back and forth. And both of them thrive on demagoguing the issue and not solving it. And both profit financially and logistically from the continued flow of illegal labor um, in half a dozen different ways. So, you know, I don't know who's going to sponsor your your get-together there. I love the idea of it, but... When you have two parties, and only two parties of significance, and both despise that idea, well, you get what we got. It's something. You could get, you could, you could get I'm guessing, 75 80% of Americans to sign on with that idea. Yeah. You know, there are days I think I'd be much happier if I were more cynical. Maybe AOC is, is really the smart one. She's, she's listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show right now. Thanks for listening, AOC. Um, and she's thinking, guys, I totally agree with you, but you're like going to a dry fire hydrant to put out a house fire. You've known it's dry for months, years, and you keep hooking the hose up to it. I'm smart enough to realize logic just is a dry hydrant. We've just got to scream epithets and, and like the wacky ideology and, like I said, adolescent emotions at each other. Because the hydrant of logic is dry, guys. That's the only way you're going to be suggest you're going to be successful. I suggest you you up your shouting epithets game. I don't know. Some days, like I say, I think I'd be happier if I were more cynical. Hmm. Because it frustrates the hell out of me that we can't, as a people. I mean, especially given you look at the polls, the enormous level of agreement on some of this stuff. I mean, it's in the high seventies, eighty percent. Do we want to secure our border so we know who's crossing it? Yes, says 80% of America, and the other 20%, I think you're lunatics. And yet we can't do that. Maybe the hydrant's just dry. We have some breaking news with how many days left to the election? 580-something or something like that? Yeah, 585, I think it was. We now have our 17th official Democratic candidate. That is announced for the 2020 presidential election. Finally, some real choice. Number 17. And there's a bunch of your big names haven't announced yet. Howard Schultz hasn't hasn't officially announced, right? Hasn't officially. No, neither and, uh, is Biden, and neither has Biden, and neither has Mayor Pete. There's a bunch of them that no. haven't officially. No, I think Pete has. Oh, yeah, I thought I heard he's that last exploratory. Night. I believe he's yeah. formed an exploratory committee. I don't think he's officially announced. Yeah, so a lot of the people that get discussed aren't officially in yet. But we do have seven. Whatever the heck that means, anyway, officially yeah. announcing. Good. He's point. on every channel in the world talking about being the president. Good point. But yeah. I haven't committed yet. We're nitpicking about something that doesn't matter. On the other hand, um, I hate having nits on me. I don't know the guy's name, though. That's it, it, funny. The headline in the, from the Washington Examiner was, Ohio, Ohio Congressman Becomes 17th Major Democrat. They didn't even put his name. Didn't even bother to put his name in the headline. Some guy. You'll probably hear about him if it becomes a thing. If not, it doesn't matter. So, Alex Baldwin. I heard somebody reference uh, how hot, how the big talk was about Scott Walker and Tim Pawlenty. 
Oh, I'd forgotten. The last time around. I'd, I'd forgotten, forgotten old Paul. Tim Pawlenty was a big deal. Yeah, oh yeah. He, he was, was going hot. to be was a big deal. Was going. He, we were told he was a big deal. The next big thing, Sean. He clearly was not a big deal. No. And that's the sort of yanking we're taking from the media even now. Mm. And joining in because it's kind of fun to mock. They found uh, a new beast yes. that lived many, many years ago. Oh, I was hoping it was a current beast. Well, it's always they... exciting when they find one in the jungle or something. Did you see the story on 60 Minutes about the guy who's unearthing the um, mastodon bones and everything like that because of the Missed global it. warming? Yeah. On 60 Minutes, their second story was about this the, the, this guy, the, the receding, you know, frozen tundra in various places. They're finding all these woolly mammoth bones and stuff like that, including some of them frozen with actual frozen blood in them. They're absolutely going to be able to bring one of those back. And, and and clone it. Finally. Finally. This, Mammoth in the backyard. What could possibly go wrong? I actually, a scientist actually brought up the fact that because there have been cartoons with kind of fun woolly mammoths on it, that's part of what's driving this. Ah, at least it's a good reason. It might not be a good idea just because they're cute in the cartoons. Ah, let's try it. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.